this is Daniel, your Game Master and Master of Ceremonies. This is Tori, and I play Dooley. This is Sorcerer, and I play Ty. This is Becca, and I play Mirgrat. And this is Odyssey, a Babylon 5 story. Welcome aboard. So, where shall we begin? Ah, yes. Well, last we left our intrepid adventurers. They had boarded the, uh, the Pau Marie Celestia. The Celestia, a ship of grandiose purpose, a luxury liner and transport for new colonists to a new world, Boyan. They had vanished from reality for a second, shared strange and unusual visions of things that had happened and things that may happen, and ended up in the wrong spot when they emerged with a brain on the floor. There, they found their way into their vessels, met some of our interesting characters to the side, and decided now is a good time to sleep and recharge. Unfortunately, the same day went into hyperspace, out come from hyperspace, three soul-hunting vessels the opposite direction. This has gotten people a little out of hand. But it's how it is. Our uh, intrepid uh, ring, uh, excuse me, intrepid uh, soldier woman has left. Our pilots have gone to do paperwork and sleep. Uli, our uh, Narn, and Mirgrat, our uh, Pakmara, had come to an arrangement and had decided to share quarters on the main level. They'd gone in that direction to yeah, find their own spot, find how things relax, and make sure everything is as it should be. However, Ty, Ty, our intrepid trucker, and she who will uh, have some experience in some ways, has found herself in uh, towards her cabin, and somebody calls her name. And that's where we begin for this uh, session. I, like I said you before, you actually were assigned a decent actual room, not a pallet. In a lot of these cases, especially if you've got to hitch a ride, they don't even give you so much as a quarters. You know, there might be something that reminds you of, well, jail. You know, here's a bed, there's a toilet, there's a sink, get used to it. Or if you're a fan of the Matrix, the uh, cabin in which you see uh, Neo a couple of times, where there's obviously a door, there's obviously a bed, there might be a fixture for something, but you you can go lengthwise in one direction, you cannot go lengthwise in another. In this ship, they do something different, but that's closer to the steerage classes. You, however, lucked out. They actually had a decent cabin for you. And again, it's not much. If, for the modern audiences, it would remind them not unlike a Motel 6. There's a bathroom, there's a small... Not necessarily kitchen, but, you know, beverage area. There is a display. There's a bed. There may, I think there's a chair with a small desk in case you need to do something, but that's it. However, just going up to your room, you uh, pass by other people in the corridor. It's fairly busy. It's fairly active. You go to put in your key card because everything's done with slot cards. You go to do your key card and you hear, Ty? Ty, is that you? Who wants to know? You look around, and there is this balding, pudgy guy. 
kind of tall, but holding is the best way of putting it. He still has the um, spacely sprockets haircut, the ring around the back, a couple on the top. Um, he has a bright, cheery face. Ty, Ty, I thought that was you. You know me, it's Benny. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you're at, uh, excuse me, what was your ex's name? I completely, it jumped right out of my head. Which ex? <laughs> your uh, ex-husband. The oh. one who procreated with you. Um, oh, her baby dad. Hmm. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> He's now my husband. We just, it was just a quick thing, you know, mm-hmm. an accident. Um, You could be talking about, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Right. Uh, you could be talking about him. I don't think I gave him a name, so just make one up. You could be okay. talking about Tanik, who is my other ex who stole money from me. That's the one I was thinking of. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. This is it's me, Benny. You remember? I worked with Tanik a couple of times. Hey, come on, you know me. Big bright smile. Ah, uh, yeah. Does uh, does Tanik have my money, or is is this a social visit? Oh, uh, oh, I I heard about that. Now again, I haven't talked to Tanik in a little while, but uh, I I happened to see you out in the corridor and. Uh, Hey, uh, well, I got you. He actually has this little bit of a satchel with you. He pulls out what would be, you know, two bottles of something. They're bluish. They're relatively clear. The bottles themselves are probably more blue than the fluid inside. And he says, hey, uh, I got a couple of these. Yeah, mind if I come in for a drink? I got I got something I got to talk to you about. Like what? Um, well... Me something uh business wise? You can hear the wink wink nudge nudge in his voice. Oh, all right, come on in. I, I open the door and we go inside. Okay. I stick so near he, the door. <laughs> Fair enough. He goes in, he says, uh, if I get the chair, he, he sits down, he immediately opens two bottles, puts one on the table. He kind of puts it on the table at the far end, kind of where the dressing table is, walks a good six to eight feet towards the chair and sits down and then pops open his own bottle. So, I leave the bottle. All right. He says, all right, you got me. Uh, I saw you outside. I happened to be in a situation, and I thought to myself, who best can handle this? And I saw you there, and I thought, this is Ty after all. This is Ty, the, the woman who, uh, oh, you know, did that run that one time? And mm-hmm. if if somebody knows how to hide something, it's you. So I <laughs> right to business. I get you. Right to business. All right. All right. All right. So I got a deal. It's going down. I got a secondary deal. It's also going down. The first one's close to steerage. The other one's actually closer to engineering. Mm-hmm. But the steerage one, I can't keep both products on me at the same time. So. If I happen to leave behind a satchel, could you hold on to me? And I um I know I know your uh, ex has got you uh Tanik's got some got some hold over you. Now I can't promise anything from him, but I know how much he owes you. Trust me, he knows everybody. That man goes through the sector. He's got mm-hmm. with with people trail behind him. But do this thing for me. Comes out right, say 10,000 credits. 
is it radioactive? Like, if, if customs comes by, are they going to notice? Oh, uh, so there's going to be no click from a counter if that's what you're asking for. No, no, no. Stable product, uh, undetectable by normal standards. Uh, it's it's just, it's fine. It's not going to set off alarm bells. Just if you can uh, keep a little quiet. I got a guy who does antiquities, and not just any antiquities. We're talking salvaged antiquities. Mm. All right. Ten grand, and whatever I have to pay for bribes. And if you stiff me, I'm going to tell the cops that it's a bomb, and I'm going to have them come after you. Hey, 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 I get you. I get you. You don't, no need to go crazy on me. Uh, so tomorrow night, if you happen to get hear a, a ding-dong at your cabin door, say, at about 18, 1,900 hours, and mm-hmm. uh, you hear a little ding dong, you go outside, there's nobody there, just oh, oh, it must be a package for you. Hold on to that for, say, 24, leave it outside, it'll be a nice big uh, satchel of creds for you. What do you say? Yeah, all right. All right, good to hear. I knew I could count on you. They say you're the best. You know what? I believe them. So in this mm-hmm. case, I'm going to make sure that you do right from it. And here's the best part. If this goes well and my dealer helps a few things, then uh, I'll put in a 10%. And you know what? I'm going to add your cost to what uh, uh, Tannic owes me. Deal? Deal. All right. Thank you. He, he stands up, throws back whatever was in his bottle, completely drains it, tosses it into the recycling as if he knew exactly where it was, just kind of almost over the shoulder. <laughs> Uh, and, and still makes the hit. You know, just a... mm-hmm. Pleasure as always. He, uh, he he starts walking towards you and he realizes you're actually next to the door. He says, uh, may I? Think about it for a second. And then I kind of shrug and let him go. <laughs> door opens. And he comes out and says, uh, hey, it was good to check up with you. If you need another brewski, let me know. Have a good one. He wanders off. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. He goes into his satchel again. I also got a Mars Rovers versus the uh, uh, Cincinnati Bruskets. Last playoffs. This is in this satchel, bud, but you need to take it easy on this. I'll take those tickets, though. <laughs> oh, not tickets. He's got he's got a hollow viewer, 3D. It's basically, since you can't be there, because they're playing over on Earth, it is a recording of it, but done in such a way that basically it's like VR, only more so. Mm. And it's cool. like it's, it's like being there, you can almost smell the hot dogs. I'll, I'll throw it in as bonus. And he kind of wanders off. Thanks, Ben. Hey, anytime, anytime. I pour that bottle of blue stuff down the sink. <laughs> Whatever it's, it is. It's definitely alcoholic. It definitely has a minty after smell, but you're fairly certain, again, without chemical compositions, you don't know if it was laced or something or not, but you're fairly certain it was probably some uh, Ricari Brewskis, as they call them. It's it's a local IPA, just with strange fruits. Mm, you just never know with Ben. It could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing from this point you, you uh, in, enjoy the VR and... And uh, call it a night for the evening, right? Yes. All right. Back with uh, Dualian and Mirgrat. 
after a little bit of time orchestrating a few things and figuring a few things out, you actually do figure out whose bed is who, what's the best arrangement, all the rest of that stuff. You, so you guys could basically become um, bosom buddies, to use a term. Well, it makes sense because Julie's not accustomed to being alone. So Yes, and Mirograth will take any excuse to follow an alien around. So it's perfect. Well, it's also doubly perfect because I'm, I'm still going through the Pakmara book, but Pakmaras are very communally minded. It's not uncommon to see them sleeping in clusters. Yes. Um, Pakmara are, are extremely communally minded, and um, Mirgrat is going to be spending a decent amount of time like going to wherever the Pakmara on the Odyssey have congregated just to like be a Pakmara for a while. Um, but because of the nature of their work, uh, which is to say needing to interact in close quarters with other species, uh, Mirigrat has decided to um, not live with other Pakmara for the duration of their research because they're having to, to go through a slightly more uh, rigorous hygiene routine in order to... Um, maintain a professional appearance, shall we say. In other words, <laughs> your stench and robes cannot be what everyone imagines traditional Pakmara to be, because you have to be almost an ambassador of Pakmara to these various races and be able to merge with them. So anything you can do to not be singled out, it would work, sort of thing, right? Um, not so much an ambassador, because, like, I feel like people have to respect ambassadors enough not to tell, to tell them, to not tell them they smell. Um, <laughs> I have to, like, be the, the token co-worker who's like, I need to follow you around so I can learn all of this stuff about you. And for people to be willing to say yes to that, you need to, well, in this case, not smell a certain way. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was going through the book because I'm still going back through some of the other things. I did not realize there is a specific racial feat for Pakmara called stench. Yes, I did not take that feat because it seemed like it would be counterproductive. It's great for me to use on somebody because if somebody is, is has a stench that even the Pakmara find a little much, that's fascinating. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, Dooley, do you tell yes. Miagrat anything about your purpose for being there? Or do you just kind of let that sit? No, I will give a brief outline because I know they're going to follow me and there are things that I need to do and they ought to have the choice whether or not they want to follow me in certain locations. Okay. Okay. Um, so, should we do this in character? Uh, please do this in character. If you don't want Ty to listen, that's fine, but I have a sneaking suspicion because we're recording it. Uh, Sorcerer's going to probably hear it anyway later. So Eventually, yeah, she'll, she'll be told because, um, like I said, I, I may need her help in acquiring things for Ty. I don't so. know what's going on. Yeah. No so basically, as another uh, safe word, we can always say, you know, out of character. If you're, something comes up later on that you would not, you would normally not know when you bring up, um, we have a saying in, in one of my other games. We haven't used it much, thankfully, but that is, the, if something like this comes up, the phrase you will hear is out of character knowledge, five yards, first down. Um, <laughs> that is an indication of things you may or may not know, but that's okay. So 
if you if uh, Mirgorat and Duali in character wish to discuss this matter, that's fine. So upon rising that morning, I would have written the usual correspondence they have to write. And Mirgorat, yes, I I need to explain why I'm here. Because if you're going to follow me about, there are some places you might not want to go. So I don't know if you know much about the Narn culture, but there is a new uh, narcotic out there called Amber, uh, which is proving to be rather devastating to our physical, you know, it, it, people react to it differently, but it's, it's, it's a very bad drug. And I was tasked with finding the source of it, who created it, because it seems to be almost bioengineered for my people. My last lead told me that there was going to be a big shipment on this ship, that there was going to be a big deal of some sort that might lead me closer to the source. So this morning, I'm going to hopefully send off a correspondence back to Narn saying this is why I'm, you know, my, my update, basically, to the people who tasked me with this. But Eventually, I'm going to need to go to the equivalent of Brown Sector on this ship and figure out where this drug is being sold and try and trace back its source. Brenda Julie, may I make an observation about your most recent confession? Yes. You may be aware that the Pugmara are not entirely welcome in every area of Babylon 5. That is true. You may be further aware that we congregate in Brown Sector. It is, that is, to say, our stomping grounds. Yes. I believe what she's trying to say is, I know the bad places better than you do. I understand that. But the Pakmara do not always deal with drug dealers. And so I wanted to make sure you understood what I was doing and where you might be following. Oh, do not fear, friend Julie. If I have any concerns for my own safety, I shall not hesitate to leave you hanging. <laughs> Thank you for your consideration. I I, I appreciate it. <laughs> and she's smiling, but she's you know obviously trying not to laugh, uh, but understanding that this this is part of the culture. Uh, <laughs> she's still I'm learning just... about Mara, but yeah. I just also would like to point out the fact that the Pakmara, big tentacle-headed things, uh, with this case with a J-pop idol as a voice box, has casually mentioned, oh, do not be afraid. If anything were to happen, I am more than happy to let you die. Yes, I, I understood that. <laughs> just... Mirgorad's no. mission is greater than themselves. So they cannot do stupid things like let themselves get killed in a drug deal yeah. just because their friend is is trying to do something for 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 her people. Like let's keep our priorities in line here. Yes. <laughs> so Julie will strap on what little weaponry she has, which I think is like a knife. Ceremonial dagger, which is, again, knife, whatever works, which is allowed by uh, some areas because it is considered a Narn sacred weapon. Drazi have similar ideas, as long as it's kept, like a lot of knives, under a certain length. So you're not carrying a Buri knife. Uh, you're probably closer uh, carrying something closer to a switchblade. 
Yeah, so we're talking yeah, pound rules here. Hmm? Yeah. pound rules. Um, the 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 knives that are like uh, religious objects for the for the sick, where they're generally allowed to take them pretty much anywhere as long as they're under a certain size or you know kept in in sheets that can't be released, that sort of thing. Yeah. So similar idea. Duali can have a dagger probably, again, about the size of a switchblade, so you're talking maybe a three-inch blade. Yeah, it doesn't matter, as long as I have something on me. And I'm going to head out and find the nearest communication office and send that post. I've brought cash with me, by the way. Still using cash. Uh, Centauri ducats are some of the some of the standards when it comes to actual cash, uh, but also several races have their own local currency. For the Earthers and a bit to the ISA, they tend to use credit chits, which are basically you know debit cards. Uh, well, then I, I will use. I have no problems using credit chits. I just don't want to try and hit my account yet. Gotcha. So, uh, so yeah, credit chits or. Uh, some form of other currency, even non-currency. I assume they actually have it. So let's just say they never bring it up in the show. It's always some haughty ducats or credits, and that's about it. But yeah, in this case, you could probably pay with a lot of stuff over with the the communications office. Yeah. Now, again, there is a couple of communications offices. It's not a full post office or a telegraph office, but telegraph office would be closest to the uh, euphemism or the metaphor. There's somebody in a very small booth who will take information, essentially feed it into a computer to send it off. Now, when you're in hyperspace, it is possible to send and receive signals. It is at a much slower pace, uh, okay. mostly because it's got to go through the beacon. It's got to go through some other channels. It's, again, not that's one of the reasons, as I said before, why a lot of people use uh, crystal couriers, because it tends to get the information in a better way. But yeah, if you're doing a simple, you know, this is a report, sending it off, it's going to take a couple of days, if not a week, to reach your uh, the correct person, but it can be done. It is marked diplomatic. Okay. So yeah, he, okay. the guy behind the counter is like, hey, how you doing? All right, let's see that. Oh, diplomatic. All right. Well, he, he just sees that. He, you look like he's a guy who has seen the word diplom- diplomatic, top secret, for your eyes only, and has just kind of gone... Eh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. Feed it in the computer and done. He charges you 10, cre- uh, 10 credits okay. for this, even though it is labeled as diplomatic. He just says, you know, for him, it's anything, but charge is a charge. And he, he will tell you, look, it's not going to be instantaneous while we're in hyperspace, but it'll get to where it needs to go. That is fun. A couple of relays will, will uh, send it along correctly. So, you guys, um, after that, where are you headed? We're going to find the equivalent of Brown Sector on this ship. Okay, that's going to be Steerage. Steerage. Now, okay, there is one sector even more than that, which is the engineering. That's not that's Gray Sector, which is it's there for a purpose and you ain't it. In this case, the closer to Brown Sector is Steerage. Now, again, we have First Class, Standard Class, and Steerage. And the standard class is basically where you guys are. It's basically congrats, middle class, whatever. Steerage is on some of the more inside decks. I'd like to say lower, but again, this thing does spin. So the more closer to the core you are, the more likely that you are steerage. No views, no nothing. 
though you are closer to the main corridor, which there actually is a train system that goes from the front in the loading area and the uh, uh, the bridge towards the back, which is the engine room. Uh, but it stops in the middle. So very much like Babylon 5, like uh, the Excalibur, there actually is a train system in the very center of uh, the Celestia. We will uh, walk as much as possible, just to let you know. Okay. Uh, so you're going to take in the sites while they get to, to the sectors. No mm-hmm. problem. Now, there are elevators that will take you up, for lack of a better term, towards uh, steerage. Um, there's also stairs left, right, and center. So you can actually get your your exercise if you were walking this thing. Because this thing is probably, what? Uh, you're talking a fair number of decks, something like 10 decks up. Yeah. You're also talking lengthwise of this thing. It's probably uh, about a mile long. I believe Babylon 5 was like five miles long, so that's about right. So it's about a mile in length. So you got a lot of room to move. And this gives Migrat plenty to look at. Because mm-hmm. as you progress through standard into steerage, and even going through standards, the best metaphor that comes to my mind is not correct, but I think you'll have the idea. Have you ever been to Vegas? No. Okay. Once. Uh, Well, if you ever go to Vegas, when you go to these resort hotels, like Caesar's Palace or the the Venetian or whatever, they have massive casinos, but as you walk, you find that going from place A to B, there's tons of shops everywhere, no matter where you go. And it's anything from small food items to gift shops to rest areas and and medical areas. Big fancy airport. Big fancy airport or a, a big mall if a mall also had apartments in it. Okay. Yeah. There, a lot of these places, and, but that's the other thing about the, what I reason I bring up Vegas, is that it's meant, the corridors are meant for walking and meant for enjoying. So they're a little on the wider side as compared to something like Babylon 5, which is very narrow. They're meant for, you can definitely tell where there are ceiling doors, meaning that at any moment, every 20 feet or so, a door could iris close and seal that entire section off. It's mostly done for uh, security reasons and to, in case there's a breach of some type. But everything else, again, very walkable. People are not packed. There's definitely a lot of people there, but it's, again, like going to an airport. Sometimes you be, you know, wall-to-wall people. Sometimes there's plenty of space in between. But you guys are going morning time, where you see people in exercise outfits heading to various places. You see early shoppers, early diners wandering around, and it's a huge collection of species, some which are listed in the book, some which aren't, because I will make them up eventually. Some of them are just fascinating as Mirgrat. Babylon 5 had a huge mix, which was great. This has got another mix that you have a lot to look at. You see Mimbari, you see Heish, you see Ipska, you see... uh, Bricari and Narn and humans, not a lot of Centauri, but a few, which is even more interesting because the Centauri are, in theory, under lockdown. They have said, we're going back to our borders and that's it. But there are some as you wandering around. Granted, you saw some on the train right in. But yeah, just this whole cavalcade of civilians and military personnel and vacationers and people books and people doing readings and watchings and shopping and shopping and shopping and shopping. Did I mention the shopping? And more shopping. I heard uh, what what so, was that? I didn't hear it. Oh, uh, I said I heard there was shopping. <laughs> oh, yes. 
so yes, basically like that. But it's it's this interesting thing. So while Mirgrat is taking in the sights, and I have this funny feeling that if Mirgrat was human, she would have a camera on her or on them the whole time, just like taking pictures at random people. Funny you should mention it. Oh boy. Uh, being a librarian does give me does mean I automatically get uh two thousand credits worth of portable recording equipment. So <laughs> I imagine I have like I have like a little um I, I'm gonna assume the technology is there. I have like a little drone that's basically like a, a, a camera buddy that's kinda buzzing around me and I'm I'm sending it like instructions from my hand computer to to take recording you know, a, a very, like, to get up and, and record various uh, uh, people interacting and, like, always, like, you know, in sort of, like, a public space, so it's kind of, like, not um, it not violating, like, privacy laws or anything, but, like, definitely doing the, the I have a drone camera, I am, I am recording all of this very interesting stuff that is going on around me. Fair enough. And, and by the way, not only is there the technology, there is evidence of this in Babylon 5. Two episodes come to mind. Yeah. One is the pilot, the original pilot. They had had a recorder, which looks like a flying saucer with a camera on it. The oh, other yes, one, the, the, I, uh, the ISN people. Yeah. That's right. They all tried it too. So you've probably got a micro version of that. Not micro as what? it fits in the palm of your hand, but more of uh, it's smaller than usual, not as intense in picture but does the job really nicely. By yeah. the way, the standard recorder is on page 143. Thank yes. you. Um, uh, well, I assume that the picture is just going to be different because it's Pachmaratek, so it's probably recording in IR anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so infrared. Um, and I don't... Uh, no, actually, I think, I, I think it would be recording... Uh, I think it would probably be recording in well, IR. Well, the... The uh, recorder li- that's listed says it can hold up to three cameras. Oh, so, then, yeah. Then oh, no, can... wait. I'm sorry. Up to three recorders can be recall- controlled by one computer. Sorry. Yeah. So, okay. but yeah, you conceivably yeah, so you could I, have I've got, different. I've got two going then. I've got an IR and I've got a regular visual spectrum. Yeah. yeah. One for which the IR one probably has a longer shelf life because it doesn't have to do so many wavelengths, not so much to process. But the one that is true color is perfect for record keeping. So it's the difference between high end, high grade uh, resolution pictures and low grade resolution pictures in that you can take a ton more of the low grade, but the high grade comes out be- looking better. Yeah, I have to swap out the data crystals on the regular visual spectrum recorder a lot more often. Exactly. And you're probably ha- and probably during the day, that's exactly what it is. Every now and then you stop for a restroom break or, or or food and you're like, oh, hold on a second, grab quarter, pull out one chip, pull another uh, data crystal from someplace. Um, I had this image of you in the in the robes, and the robes probably are lined in pockets. Yes, they are. <laughs> I have so many pockets, y'all. It's a thing. Yes, but it's just that kind of random, like like Doctor Who. You never know what's going to be pulled out of what. Yes, um, yes, and and I'm, uh, it's like the full on like tourist like putting a new roll of film in their camera thing. <laughs> so, where are you? Uh, so you're spending a good part of the time, and you're heading towards the down below. Okay, right. so this is going to take you a while as you take in 
the views and take everything else. You're not doing the full-on must-rush-there because you're taking the, the walking route. But you know, working your way there, and you could probably, again, take the faster route back when you're done and tired. You're also Both of you are taking in the sights, but this also gives Diwali a chance to, to look at, okay, who are these people? Who might be have a, uh, be a person I'm looking for? Who might be an, someone I need to talk to? Judging from, you know, how they look, how they present themselves, looking for you know the tricks the in, and uh, ticks that you would normally find when you're down below. Of is this person a problem? Yeah. So this will take you a bit of time. While that's happening, Ty, what was on your agenda for the day, or are you going to basically spend the day? watching the, the, the baseball game and waiting for uh, Benny to show up. Well, I know I have, like, an entire day before Benny shows up, so I'm not going to wait around for him. Okay. Uh, I have the, uh... One second, let me check my notes here. Okay. Here it is. One more check notes! Yay! Oh, yeah. Um, I have the that business card from the Swordnorn. Mm-hmm. Nook. So I guess I will call him up because he's probably up to something interesting. He has a sword and he's an arm. <laughs> oh, uh, sword emoji, lizard emoji, eggplant emoji. Oh, literally. <laughs> Fair enough. Why not? You guys are biologically compatible. Well, you know, it's, that's fine. So yeah, you picked up his card. It's basically a, a birth card, letting you know where he is on the ship, at least where his cabin is. Mm-hmm. So. Do you just go and knock on his door, or do you call him ahead of time? Because you can do that just by, like, paging. Well, he's a Narn, and he has a sword, so I give him a call first. Okay. Just in case. Uh, you actually call, like, twice, because the first time he doesn't pick up, and there is a standard, uh, essentially, the guest you ever asked for is not available at this time. Please uh, please leave a message. Would you leave a message, or would you just, like, roll, uh, ring again a second time? I uh, definitely call again. Okay. I would never leave a message. Second time, there is a pickup. You know, his face appears on the screen. Faramaro? Hey, buddy. Remember me? Indeed. My lady. How can I be of service? Uh, I don't know. What are you up to? I was just uh, finishing up my uh, prayers for the day and trying to assess what is required. He actually, he actually you know, raises himself up a little bit. Uh, does my fair does my fair lady require anything of me? How may I best be of service? How can I entreat thee? Well, have you ever seen a baseball game? He, he actually, you can see him like stop, look to the side, to the other side, just kind of his eyes, kind of like like checking database. Baseball. I am not familiar with this tradition. You're gonna love it. Why don't you stop by my place? I'll uh, message you my uh, birth number. We'll watch a baseball game. I got a couple of beers here. <clears throat> It'll be fine. You entreat me, my lady. I indeed will will endeavor to go by. At the, uh, please allow me a, a chance to finish up my prayers, and I will be with you forthwith. Oh, take your time. Ah, he bows a, a bit. Not you know, Narns do a little bit of a bow, but this one is a okay. You can't see because all you see mostly face, but you're fairly certain that when he bows, he bows with one leg forward. And then he, when he bows, screen turns off. In about an hour, he actually does show up. Uh, he is wearing kind of standard Narn attire. Uh, Narn attire tends to be a lot of leather, one way or the other. But he doesn't have as many spikes on the arms or anything else like that. It's a softer turn, but it also feels like he's wearing 
what he's wearing would almost fit for Robin Hood. It's, you know, tunic, has that circle at the top, which I can never figure out what the name is. Uh, Becca, do you happen to know that, and, and uh, Tori, do you happen to know what that circle around a, uh, that's usually placed on a uh, tunic that has a hood on it, that's usually, that, uh, is there a term for that? Around the collar, uh, where it just looks like an extra thing of fabric. Yes, that goes from the collar to like the shoulders. Cowl that or... is a facing. 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 Okay. Uh, probably it's it's used to protect the the inside of the the seam where the uh, where the collar is cut out. Yes, that's it. So he has a leather seaming. He has a tunic that's again a very fine leather, like like leather that's not been like toughened, but leather that has been. <clears throat> smoothed out almost like silk his pants like traditional narns are a little on the puffy side and his boots look like they could kick through a bulkhead he of course that sword that bastard sword you saw before he's carrying it on his back he also brings with him um a single tarnarian bloom the guy has a flower see you brought your sword it goes wherever i go a man of uh, uh, a narn such as i says always be at the ready but for you he does the bow arms go wide the leg goes out one you know he does the full you know uh leg goes out the other leg uh, crunches up his head goes down one arm goes to the side and he presents a flower to you um i have this like i think this guy is absolutely out of his mind look on my face but <laughs> also like kind of charmed so i take the flower <laughs> <laughs> now, milady, I thank thee for the, uh, for thy invite. I wish to know more about this ace of ball that you refer to. What is it, and how we may enjoy it? Well, come on in, man, and we will watch baseball. Hello, Fair man. He comes in now because this is a PG thirteen game. I do have to ask: Is this just baseball, or is this baseball and chill? Baseball and chill. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, thirteen. We can skip that part. Fair enough. Well, we can skip that part, but this is where it gets interesting. You show him the baseball game. He is intrigued and enthused. He thinks this is fascinating. Warriors with clubs that, you know, take certain spots, angle up to themselves, and smack with great force the spear to shoot it off into the heavens. And at some point, I'm guessing, you kind of cuddle up to him. At what point he says, Milady, I must ask, for thy, in thy favor and thy words, I must know, are your attentions towards this presentation, this battle royale, or do you have other intentions that must be known? Oh, I have other intentions. He kind of nods and he kind of, he, he, you actually think for a moment, he crosses himself, you know, forehead, stomach, and then he says, Milady. If this is the quest you wish to have me upon, I will be more than happy to entreat thee at thy will. Whatever, man. Whatever <laughs> that meant. All right. I clearly I have to... think this guy is completely nuts. Like, <laughs> just out of his mind. I have no, like, frame of reference for any of the night or earth things, and I don't know why he just did that thing with his hands, but I'm a spacer and I've been around, so that doesn't bother me that much. In cinematic fashion, as he does the whole, I am confused, but I, I bow before thee and what they want to do. You're just like, right. You know, you could, it would be like you see the character from the back, 
suddenly whatever you're wearing comes right off. You see the back back of the print. You grab the head, grab his head, drag him in for a kiss, and he just does the whole, I understand now, camera phase. So, yes, you have a lovely morning and a lovely afternoon. And, um, well, it was a very fit, a very fit Narn. Very fit. Um, he does have a sword. <laughs> he does indeed have a sword. We'll get back to that as we continue <laughs> with Wally. <laughs> as we push the PG-13 rating. Back to Diwali and Miokarat. So, you make your way down to the steerage. And the one thing about steerage is it's open. And ceilings are a little on the low side. The walls are a bit wider. You can tell that there are booth uh, uh, areas for sleeping. Now, obviously, there are cabins. And when you pass an open door, you can see what the cabins look like inside. The cabins look like inside like a hostel. Basically, in each individual cabin that you see, there are basically bunk beds, lockers, usually at six bunk beds per room, one on each wall, uh, one set on each wall. And as you move through, you see, of course, people are getting in, well, less and less shape. You know, they're, they're, the clothing is off. They're kind of tattered. However, as you might imagine, you do see more and more Pakmara down here. No kidding. Oh, no kidding <laughs> indeed. And in fact, you when you get to a certain place... One of the humans comes up going, hey, this is a new one. Oh, he kind of walks up to Miokrat and says, oh, did you get lost there? Ah! I, I will look at the human and say, kindly leave my friend alone. Oh, well, I'm just a, I'm just a humble porter trying to see who goes where. You know how things have got to fit in the right place. But if your friend is lost, then might I suggest, and he he also, his hands shake a little bit. He doesn't necessarily have all his teeth, and his stance is very wide, and he doesn't seem to stand. He just so much as slowly dances back and forth in slipshod manner. And if your friend's looking for a, th- a place to be, then might I suggest that way, and he points down a corridor. That way, then to the left, the left, and then to the right. That's Pakmara territory. So, go, go. We won't bother you, but go, please go. Now, go. Yeah. Can I make a guess as to what he's on? <laughs> that would be a knowledge roll or a sense motive roll. So we're going to need for you to pull up the character sheet so I know exactly what it is. That would be, uh, if you want to figure out what he's on, that is knowledge biology uh, or medical, both of which are are viable. However, if you want to get an idea of what he's like, that will be a sense motive role. So that will be... Yeah, let me go ahead and give a sense motive role. I mean, I know a little about drugs, but not enough. So while she's doing that, can I do... uh medical or knowledge biology yes you can all right i will do medical all right and duali rolled an 18 so 18 which is for those who don't know a die 20 plus her stats which in this case is a 10 she rolled an 8 18 a, uh, which isn't bad but it's not great so what is his intention he is basically doing the good old-fashioned move it along sonny move it along we don't belong here yeah you don't belong in this sector of places. Perhaps you will be happier someplace else. Mio Grat 
rolled uh, her stats. She has a great medical stat at 14, but she only rolled a 6, but she got a result of a 20. What is this guy on? Well, he's on a lot of things. Definitely, he's going to be on stimulants. He's probably uh, doing some sims, some sim sims. He's, prob- he's possibly doing a few other uh, narcotics uh, for various uh, ways and means. You can smell the chemicals off him. You can't quite identify exactly what they are because he's human. And in this case, you would actually be on a negative because it's another species. Uh, I can't remember what the negative is. I believe it's a minus four. I'll double check that later. But for roleplay purposes, we'll move forward. But yeah, you couldn't identify exactly what he's on, but he's on a lot. I'm going to ask him, so where's the Narn space? Where's the Narn sector? (laughs) He goes, (laughs) I can't fool me like that. Narns are up there. Or are you asking about the lesser Norns? Okay, fine. You're lost, too. Good to know. Well, if you're lost, then maybe you need to go that way. Points another territory. There's a clutch of them. Oh, broodling over there. Yeah, go take a look. Next to the heat sinks. I like the heat sinks. Nice and red. Um, I will say, I have the alien anatomy feat. Mm, uh, yes. Which- means that I don't have a penalty on medical checks for humans because my knowledge of culture is high enough. Yes, that is correct. Actually, I think you're at a, it just reduces it to negative if memory serves, but... Uh, yeah, I it can... reduces it uh, if I, if I, it reduces uh, interspecies checks by two across the board, but if I have at least six ranks in knowledge of the culture of that species, the, the penalty disappears. Okay, well, there you go then. I'll, I'll accept that. Um, so, yeah. He's definitely on some stims. He's definitely on something unusual because just from the smell, it's not something you've, you've encountered, wh- uh, whether that be uh, blue fluid or the Johnson um, or something else. You're not sure. He's not on dust. That part's an easy one. But you're fairly certain he's on some sort of stims, but not just the medical grade. I've had a couple of stims, but as in, you're not sure when the last time this guy has slept. Maybe January. Lovely. So while this guy is going on, uh, Mirgara is going to take another, like, pine tree air freshener out of their bag and put it on the neck, like, with the one they're already wearing. And just kind of, because they're used to being like, hey, Pop Morago, elsewhere you smell. So, like, one in Rome. Yeah. And then they are going to to grab uh, Dooley by the wrist and start dragging her off in the direction of where the porter had said the Pakmara were congregating. Uh, Thank you, okay. friend porter. We shall take your directions and advice forthwith. <laughs> good, good, good. Now, good. If you have any other needs, you can always talk to porter. Yeah. And he holds out his hand like he's looking for a tip. Uh, I will slip him the smallest denomination cred stick I have, which is okay. probably like a ten, 10 spot. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, he, he grabs the, 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 the cred stick. Oh, oh, someone's generous. By all means, your highness. However, I can be of service. You just have to ask for Porter. Everyone knows Porter. Okay. By the way, now's a good time to do a sense motive. Okay. I think he could answer some questions for me. Just go ahead and sense motive real quick. 23. Okay. 
Yeah, it took a minute or two to try to figure out whether or not he is honestly saying, oh, thank you very much for this coinage, I'm more than happy to help, or if he's kindly telling you to screw off, um, but in such a sarcastic fashion that it's kind of looping around sarcasm, returning back to normal. It's This guy's on a lot of stuff. And with the 23, you have the idea of, yeah, he knows that you have at least some capital, more than probably a lot of people down here. He might be a source of information if you can grease his palms enough. Then get the hell out of his face. Okay, I need to figure out the, the money translation because I have a feeling that on this sh- ship, things down here might cost less than they cost in Brown Sector. Uh, it's more limited, but again, this place is not necessarily going to be taking a lot of imports in, but it will be going to other places where things are imported from. So there's that. Yeah. I guess that explains who we're going to go see first, and I, I follow Miragrath to the uh, Hakamara section. Okay. Yeah. So um, I wanted to go here for a couple reasons. Uh, for three. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Hakamara eat are carrion eaters, so yes. it is likely that they will know when and where dead bodies show up on the ship. Right. Gotcha. Two, Pakmara basically go everywhere because people kind of ignore them because they're gross carrion eaters. They're 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 like rats or pigeons or except like oh, yeah. sentient and you know. Anyway. Third, Pakmara are known for their extremely good sense of smell. Okay. Um because that's that's they see in, in in infrared, but they they use smell and taste very uh proactively much more so than humans would. Um, kind of like a rhino. A rhino has eyes, but in the same way that a human would smell smoke and they would then look around to see where the fires come from, a rhino sees flame and then uses his nose to figure out everything else. Yeah. Mm. So so Pakmara get a lot of information from smelling and tasting things. What I want to do is I want to go to the Pakmara in uh down below and ask them basically, are there any Narn bodies showing up? Can you keep an eye out for Narn bodies showing up? And if Dooley has like a sample of of this amber drug, <laughs> I want to like let them smell it. So that they can like identify it to tell us, you know, where where if someone like smells like this when they die, or if they like encounter it while they're doing their thing down down below. Yep. I, I am I am gonna work the Pakmara espionage network. Julie <laughs> looks amazed, and she actually does have two cubes of amber in a small wooden box. So she opens up the box and and lets your new acquaintances smell the drug. Okay. Um. So, Pakmara are immune to many common poisons, so I'm assuming it's okay if they taste it, especially if it was engineered towards Narn, which are not terribly bio biocompatible with with Pakmara. It's a good question. It's kind of like licking the icing on a $5,000 cake, but okay. The If I ever have to sell it for quick cash, I guess the customer doesn't need to know that a bunch of Pacmara licked it. <laughs> but as you do go through the corridors, you actually find, when you get closer to the Pacmara area, um, there's less and less cabins. 
for sleeping, this and that. You tend to get large rooms. The large rooms have no beds, no furnishings, a couple of like lockers in various places. Um, the one thing they do have is looks like they are have, and this sounds weird, but they have the heat sinks from the fusion reactor going into these columns in the middle of the room. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. So basically, there is a centralized heating unit in as a as a column of fire, essentially, in the very center of the room. And most Pakora are either sleeping on mattresses or just on the floor and whatever. You also notice that in some places, wherever there aren't the larger rooms, there are, to use a term that William Gibson coined, coffins. Now, what I mean by coffins, have anyone here ever seen, heard, or been to the Japanese single-person hotels? Oh, yes. I am familiar with half the hotels. I've seen those on TV. Okay, good. Yeah. Basically, just like that. You have to climb in it. It's like a coffin. There's a small TV in it. There's a, just small enough things to do. There's a locker besides, uh, besides your ladder. That's it. And it's like stacked three to, uh, three to a column. You're seeing more of those as well. So people just kind of, you know, open doors, climb in, seal themselves in. When you actually do get to the Pakmara standard area where the guy told you, oh, go that way. It is another one of those huge rooms, uh, more open central pillar of fire, but this one's larger than the rest, and it actually has some tables on the side bar, uh, side parts, everything, like, on from the inside of the room, from the column towards the outside, is bare, but getting less bare the further you get close to the walls. Eventually, the walls is where you find, essentially, desks, chairs, uh, eating trays. And what I mean by eating trays is that there's basically long tables where carrion has been left out on the other side of it there may be a small window where there's somebody issuing it out so that they're you know not unlike going to a cafeteria but there's somebody just like handing out parts and and things you're obviously in one of the nicer pakmara areas for for the for the steerage class because this one also has a glass cabinet. It's probably transparent aluminum, but essentially glass cabinet, in which large hunks of meat are hung and left to decompose, but they're done so in almost a vacuum-like area. For those of you who have never encountered this, this is how dry-aged beef is created. They literally just let them hang in these in these uh, uh, glass areas, usually with lights on them. Don't ask me why. I think they're showcasing. But this one actually has a couple of the areas where you're fairly certain an entire cow has been hung and is slowly rotting in these uh, glass cabinets. But it's a way of showcasing, ah, we have this available and we have this available. Yes, it's normal to me. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Based on this, for Diwali, you would guess that you're actually in one of the steerage eating centers, because you've seen the sleep ones, okay. but this is usually more of one of the eating areas for the Pakmara in the steerage area. Stop at the entryway, and uh, Miagrath, you go do what you need to do. I'm good right here. Oh, yeah. Uh, this... I'm not here to eat. I am here to, and Mir... I'm assuming Dooley is a little bit taller than Miagrath here, so they're Probably. going to sort of like pop up on their toes a little bit. Perform espionage! You do realize that normally one is secretive when 
doing those activities and doesn't announce it to the entire steward's cabinet. Typically, this is the case. However, when one is standing in the eating area of a Pachmara, one trusts that the Pachmara will keep one's secrets. Yes, but they're not the only ones around. They are when they're eating. Well, okay, you have a point. <laughs> in true fashion, you realize this is the perfect time for Duali to make a fortitude save. Yes. <laughs> I figured something like that was coming. I I have been friends with the Pakamara, but watching them eat is just a whole nother thing. I'm looking for that stat. Here it is. Not my best stat. Not good. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. In true cinematic fashion, you're like, but this is where I think I'll stay right here. A Pakmara wanders over with a leg of something. You're not sure what it is, but it wasn't hooved. It has toes. Oh, um, yeah. And <laughs> it could be anything. And yet it comes over and looks over at Mirgrat. Um, now, I do not know the correct term myself, but essentially it would be saying, oh, brother, have you eaten recently? And offers a bit of the leg to you, which the smell hits yeah. Duali like a brick. Leave the entrance and go down the hall and try not to puke. Fair enough. I, I still want to stay within sight of the entrance, but I'm not going to stand in the entrance anymore. <laughs> you don't run, you don't stumble, but you kind of do that whole, if you could be on all fours, you might end up being going there. But just that, oh, oh, oh my God, do what you gotta do. And, and, and you head down the hall. The uh, other Pachmara, when they see this, we see Duali run, they all just kind of turn their heads and collectively laugh, which, if you're not prepared for it, is kind of creepy. Uh, I imagine it sounds like a, a like a China cabinet going through some shit based on the fruit <laughs> and everything. Oh my. <laughs> not unlike... <laughs> Which again, you can tell from the mandibles moving. Oh my god, these guys, these people think that they are just having a ball. Only about a third of them are wearing translator units. The rest of them are just they're there. And uh, the one who offered you the leg was looks over. What was that all about? Ah, yes, a research subject. Pay them no mind. Ah, uh, I understand. Please. He actually looks at your robes a little bit. You are of station, yes? Yes, I am. I am conducting research on this vessel, and I have uh, attached myself to one of the aliens therein for my purpose. I understand. There was another that came around later last night who had similar questions and companions. But how can I help you? Please. Uh, I am Lix Rossui. Lix Rossui. I would be considered host of this a banquet hall. And as a duly designated representative of the ship for the Park Mara, I bid thee welcome 
Please come. Some of the giraffe has been ordered and been about ready for consumption. I shall join you at your table, and afterwards I shall have some business. He he leads you to the table, and yes, a leg thumps on the table. Actually, thumps and kind of squishes. It is a leg that is ripe. <laughs> a good squish. Yeah, ah, uh, right about time. Now, again, this being a PG thirteen endeavor, we will not go into descriptions on how the Pakmara eat because, if nothing else, it's never gone into detail. And thank God for that. But suffice to say, one of the reasons why the center of the room has the heat column in it and nothing else is that's kind of where. The bones are put once they're sucked clean. Ah, uh, no, Pakmara eat the bones. Oh, that's right, they do eat the bones. My apologies. They're like hyenas up in here. We'll, yeah. we'll just like we'll just crunch it all down. If it's organic matter, we can handle it. So yeah, you just chow. Everything they chow it down, and there is, of course, like some good situations because it is a communal thing and everyone's eating. There is a bit of a hum. It's not a full sing, but it is a hum, which again, to the right people in the right time, is gorgeous but it's just a traditional you know but it also goes into you know it's just this kind of choir builds up yeah Um, chilling being doing their thing relaxing after probably a good hour or so the meal is consumed everyone is satiated couple people mention how they're going to go off to various activities. Apparently, there is a, a couple of card games, a couple of event, sporting events that some wish to see. There actually one says that he is off to see someone about a couple of jobs and so on and so forth, which this is a minor. You're not sure what they'd be interested in the way of jobs, but there it is. Listen, everyone needs garbage disposal, and if you don't mind stuff that smells you're already 10 steps ahead of the game. There you go. So, Elixir looks over. So, you had business to discuss at this time? Yes. I would like to engage the community for assistance in my research. I am investigating a medical issue among the Narn on this liner. It dovetails well with my interspecies research. I would like to ask for information on any dead Narn that are identified. Additionally, I would like to have the Pakmara of, of this vessel take samples of a substance so that they may contact me if it is identified on a dead body or elsewhere in the ship. Ah. We can do that. We'll keep an eye out for such things. We assume this has something to do with the words of the soul hunters that passed us by, yes? It is unclear at this time. However, I will not mm, rule out a possible relationship. We understand. We will help as best we can. We will make notes 
should another Narn pass away and it smells unclean. We are not always notified, but we can smell when one is near. Now, you said you had a sample for us to use as comparison. Yes. I, I'm assuming that do when we were having the conversation about tasting the, the amber, Dooley had, had given me the uh, the samples. But if that is not the case, then I'm going to have to go out and, and get them from her. I'm, I'm going to assume for the moment she gave you one and kept one okay. for herself. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to... to uh, Pass pass this to uh, uh, Lixma uh, name. Lix Rossi. Lix Rossi. Uh, I'm going to pass it to them, and uh, please be aware that this is a scientific sample of which there is an extremely limited supply. Tasting, smelling, touching is fine, but it is very important that I be able to access or reclaim it at any time. I understand. He uh, raises his hand, and those who are still in the room, he kindly, gently explains a few things, and they, they all nod, and they come by. And he says, may I? And he, he, he asks for the sample from, from you, which I'm assuming you hand over. Yes. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, he explains what it is and what they're looking for, and everyone seems to nod. He, he says, and to uh, as first on the host, I shall taste first for your safety. It should be fine, but you know how these things can go. And everyone kind of laughs a little bit. When they taste, it's so strange because with Pac Marat, again, it's almost like he rubs the the amber up and down his face tendrils. That sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... All perfectly normal face tendrils go on. Yeah, exactly. So he rubs it up and down a little bit. So, oh, I see. Okay, get the sense and the feel, and he passes it to the next one. He says, ah, that is a very distinct taste, a very distinct flavor and odor, and passes out! Okay, uh, I would like to uh, do a medical roll to check up on him, because this <laughs> is an extremely unexpected turn of events. <laughs> Go ahead. That that is very unusual. Twenty. Wait, that's the same one from last time, isn't it? Uh, new roll, same result. Oh, you're right. Damn. Uh, okay. So, uh, yes, <laughs> you'll, you'll look at it. He is passed out and blissed out. You you quickly check his eyes; they're dilated like doll heck and gone. Uh, his mouth tendrils slowly flap but not in the way that usually makes noise. It's like watching somebody blink uh, with the eyes at different speeds. Okay, so he's going full hypnotoad. Yeah. Well, uh, full hypnotoad or um, were this a human reaction? The concept, I can see the music, kind of comes through. Yeah, okay. Full hypnotoad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other, uh, the other popper are like, they stand over, they look, one's still holding the, the amber, and you can tell just from looking at it, there's that eyes looking to the amber, to the thing down there, to the amber, to the thing down there, to you, to the amber, back and forth, back and forth. And it's, if you want to do a quick sense motive? 
I'll just say right here, my sense motive uh, modifier is not as good as <laughs> my medical modifier. Okay. He looks nervous, just really nervous. It's like, you're like, uh, cube, you, cube, you, cube, you, okay, there's that. Uh, amber, 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 amber thing, okay. But he hasn't moved, but they haven't moved. They're just standing there as you make sure the Lix uh, uh, Rossi uh, seems to be okay. As far as you can tell, you'll have to do a full chemical workup to find out whether or not he's debilitated, but the fact that here's a substance that causes LSD-like reactions to a Pachmara is fascinating. Yeah, this is officially now the primary concern of all the Pachmara on this vessel. <laughs> and possibly, like, in the galaxy, because this shit is unprecedented. Brethren, this is a new substance. I recommend that you all smell it, but do not taste. And please inform me if you have any scent of this at all in the ship. It is clearly of vital importance to the Pakmara to gain as much information about it as possible. They they all kind of nod enthusiastically, and and you know the one holding it is still kind of like it's like okay, brings it closer to the nasal sensor array. Brings it a little lower towards the tendrils. Brings it back up to the nasal array, and kind of like until eventually someone smacks his hand and he just kind of passes it to the next person. Um, they, and while while that's going on, I'm going to be taking samples uh, from uh, Lixrosy to do a full a, a full workup back at at uh, at my cabin turned workspace slash lab. Okay. Uh, do you have? Uh, how do you take the samples? Do you have a, a, a sampler or a syringe or like a uh, wand? I have a first aid kit on me, which I'm assuming will have like basic medical equipment. Well, if it's first aid, basic medical, and and uh, Babylon Five, they basically still do carry wands, the, like the uh, like the tricorder wand you find from Star Trek. Except this one has a it looks like a crystal knife when they actually use it. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use that then. Okay, you come out. The blood chemistry is 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 has changed a bit. It's not dangerous, dangerous, but it's definitely incapacitating. And give me a medical uh, knowledge, medical, okay. or excuse me, just I think there's a medical. There's a medical. Yeah, uh, there's twenty five. Okay, Lixrosi will be okay. Lixrosi is going to be out for about twenty four to forty eight hours, or at least not in his right mind. Uh, but the chemical, from what you can tell from the scan, should pass. When it passes, it's not going to be pretty, though, because at least the chemicals that would uh, start to arise for a bile duct ejection are starting to rise a little faster than they should. Okay, so Mirat is going to make sure that all the Pachmara know that Lixrosi has to stay on their side while they're while they're passed out. They, they all kind of nod, of course. Or, like, whatever the Pacamara equivalent of making sure someone who's drunk sleeps on their side is. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably just going to say, okay, perhaps now is a good time to start a pile. Everyone just make sure that he that Lixrosi keeps breathing, and it should be fine. Although, keep it a bucket around. That giraffe's going to go to waste soon. Yeah. Uh, to which I, they all kind of nod, things like that. At which point, Lixrosi, at some point, you're not sure how, jumps to his feet, stares you right in the eye, and in true blissed-out fashion, kind of crooks his head to the side and begins the... There is not a true 
a human equivalent of what they are doing. But the closest is getting down on one knee, singing love songs, and essentially saying, my, you're really, really pretty. Yeah, I mean, I kind of knew Elixir Sue was going to be this kind of drunk. Um, <laughs> I mean, Nimrat's a librarian, so they're very high status in, in uh, Pogmoral society. It's like one of the few, like, actual distinctions that mean anything uh between Pakmara. Mm-hmm. Um so they're they're just kinda kind of be like, oh this is going to be kind of embarrassing for you later. So I'm just gonna kinda gently steer you away from me and towards someone else and pretend this never happened. Um, and them when you when you do the whole yeah about that, they all just be like kind of crab of like we, we, we will keep it, we will keep an eye on him. Don't worry, we apologize for the inconvenience. We will look for what you need and we'll make sure that he is safe. Uh, that this one is safe. This one, of course, continues to sing praises of your prowess in mating rituals. Uh, there aren't any for the Pakmara. They 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 uh, reproduce by budding. Yeah, but yeah, essentially they're... they are butters. But the, the, again, this is the metaphor to use in this yes. situation. Uh, <laughs> is is praising my uh, research abilities and dedication to the community. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. Ah, there is no apology necessary. Lixrasi was doing their duty as host of this banquet and has protected us all from, well, yes. <laughs> they all like, he will be honored and kept in a place of reverence for the sacrifice that he has made for the community. And as such, we will keep him safe and we will keep him secure. We will call the choir to sing prayers over him to ensure that he is well-mind and well-spirit. I leave Lixrasi in your excellent care, and I commend you for your dedication to the task to which I have set you. They kind of nod, thank you. And they kind of, they literally just have to kind of drag him away to one of the other sleeping areas. This is, this is technically a cafeteria you're in right now, so they have to yeah. <laughs> take him away. By the way, Diwali, you get to watch all this from a distance in probably abject horror. Yeah. I, I didn't expect that response of the drug, but it proves that now it's just a lot more dangerous than I ever thought it would be. Well, it also means that now you have the Pakmara, uh on board with tracking this down as well, because uh, there is not a lot of stuff out there that can affect us. This is big news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is a bit huge. And that's where we end for this week. I just wanted to say thank you and for joining us and to tune in in two weeks for our next exciting episode. If you like us and want to send us comments, questions, or just want to say hi, you can find us at temporalplaygrounds.com slash odyssey. Or you can email us at temporalplaygrounds at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Temporal Playground Productions. Babylon 5 was created by J. Michael Trzynski and was distributed by Warner Brothers Domestic Television. The Babylon 5 role-playing game was created by Mugs Publishing using the OGL open gaming license of D20. Our intro and outro music, Titan Striker, 
was composed by Evan King and is available from YouTube, social media, and on evankingmusic.com. Please see his website for more information. Again, I am Daniel, and thank you for tuning in. Join us next time. Good night.